Hey, it's Taylor Brown, the producer of the Mindful Sport Performance Podcast, and I'm here with Dr. Keith Kaufman and Dr. Tim Pinot, and we are going to be starting a new sub-series under the Mindful Sport Performance Podcast called A Mindful Take. And the whole idea behind this is there are so many talking heads in sports, and sometimes their take is not as mindful. Um, and there are also just a lot of things that go on in sports that we see on a daily basis where we sit back and think, man, what would a more mindful take on that be? And so we're going to just spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes when there are things in the news or media that we want to comment on. Uh, and we're just going to give you a, a more mindful perspective on it. And so uh, without further ado, Keith, uh, there was one thing that you really wanted to start talking about today, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, I'll just kick us off because we are doing this in honor of the Super Bowl, which is coming up this Sunday between my beloved Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I am trying to be scientific and unbiased in this podcast, but I apologize to listeners. I can't. Um, you know, I'm, I'm from the Philly area. This this is a very exciting time for me. I am um, as well. And, just to, oh, just that's to right. interrupt you, I grew up in Delaware and I'm a Birds fan. And uh, so, yeah, we'll... Uh, yeah. And I guess we won't give Tim too much crap for basically just discovering about five minutes ago that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> oh no! This morning when I'm talking to my wife, she's like, "Do you even know who's playing in the Super Bowl? You're going to record this thing today?" I was like, "No, I, I don't." She's like, "What do you, what do you have to contribute to this?" You know, it's like, "Well, I, mindfulness." Something to say about mindfulness? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, we've we've outed Tim to all the listeners, but Tim, you have a you have a long career in sports that's not necessarily football, but you were a college rower, and so I think you you and and you're a you're a, a psychologist that specializes in working with athletes. So I think you have um, you know you have a lot to say in this in this context. Yeah, thank you, Taylor. I like that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, and what a perfect segue! I know you had sort of passed me the ball, Taylor, for a sec to get started. I I thought it would be fun to just take a moment and and get. Tim's take in particular, but obviously yours as well, Taylor, on the whole idea of Super Bowl prop bets. And and right before we started recording, I, I could see I, I Tim has no idea what I'm talking about with Super Bowl <laughs> prop bets. Um, well, I'm familiar with the idea of a prop bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my thing. Um, I, I think, hey, we do it in my family. It's a fun thing. You know, you're watching the game and there's all these other things you can track. And I would put this in line with fantasy football. I would say it's very similar to fantasy. And I guess in the spirit of this podcast with a mindful take, my, my curiosity is what, what is your feeling about the multitasking idea here, right? We're sitting down to ostensibly watch a game. That's the biggest game of the year in football. And let's give ourselves 10 other things to pay attention to and to root for at the same time. And, and I'm curious what your reaction is to that. Yeah. Well, and it's like, also, this is not answering your question, but like, you're just like piling on striving. It's like, let me let me create new things to get really excited about or really upset about. Cause like before I wasn't attached at all to like, they need three touchdowns in the first half, you know? But like suddenly now I have this, this goal that I have no control over that is like extremely important to me. Like, ooh, man, like that's a lot of, that's a lot of stress. Yeah. Um, that's a good word. I mean, it, it does create stress, right? And and it's interesting. It creates tension. And I think for neutrals, right? So Taylor and I are rooting for the Eagles. We have a vested interest in the game. But for folks who don't really care one way or another, you know, 
just watching the game because it's Super Bowl Sunday, it gives you a rooting interest. So it, it does build a little bit of tension, but it, but it kind of taps into this thing that we talk about on, on the Mindful Sport Performance Podcast all the time, right? Like we need to feel something to motivate us. So let's use pressure. Let's use stress. Let's use fear. Well, I, you know, so, so I, um, this is a fun, fun fact about me. Um, while it seems pretty much antithetical to everything I believe in, I really do kind of love Las Vegas. Uh, and I'll go because I like playing poker. Um, so I'll go with my friends and I have a couple of friends who just love sports betting, you know? And so like, one will go like, that's, that's what they do. And I'll go play poker. Um, but some, everyone's like, come, you know, come watch this game with us or whatever. And so, yeah, they'll, they have encouraged me now. If I put a bet on the game, suddenly I'm a lot more interested. I don't know these players. I don't particularly follow the sport, but suddenly I'm like, I really care about how this game is going, which, yeah, I think on the whole, like that's a more joyful experience and it was a stressful experience. But I think in part because I'm not as attached to sport, like like professional sports as a whole. So like I could experience it as a singular game. And like if the team that I had bet on won, it's only connected to that win. It's not like, oh, great. And this is part of the streak. Or if they lose, I'm not worried about them, you know, their chances of going to the championship. And so it like, it, it almost allows that stress and tension to be more exciting. Whereas I feel like if it were attached to this longer narrative of like, oh, and now this data point means something about the future, like that to me would, my assumption is it would make it a lot more unpleasant. Yeah, that's a great point. So it's kind of like a fun stress in a way, a you stress, if you will, to use a psychology term, right? Yeah. Like it, it generates a little bit of a fun buzz, a little extra edge in the game, but it's not something you're as attached to is probably Taylor and I will be crying in the corner if the game goes poorly, right? That's not going to happen for someone who's just making prop bets. Yeah. Well, you bet your house, I guess. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we uh, we did some some prop bets um, with uh, the NFC Championship game with the Eagles and the, um, and the 49ers. And what I found really interesting was we were all Eagles fans, but it was me and my parents and their friends. And at some points... Um, you know, their friends were rooting more for the like the other team to score so that they then would be would have the right numbers to like to win. Uh, yeah. Right. And so, it, you know, I as you guys were talking, I was thinking a little bit about like the, you know, we, we obviously have a sense of community in being, you know, being a fan of a team. Or being a fan of the NFL, I think there's uh, a little bit less of a community, but you're definitely like me and Keith are part of uh, the Eagles fandom. Um, but in that kind of space where you're all watching a game or something and you're, you know, my dad has bought, you know, squares for, from this, this um, sports bar that he usually goes to. There's an element of, of community of like everybody uh, is now within that kind of um within that experience that they've created so even if you're on you know rooting for one team or another you can all now relate in the fact that you're having a common experience of oh i might win money <laughs> so it, <laughs> it, 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 you're not you're not just limited anymore by the common experience of being a fan of one team or another it's okay, now we're in this other thing together. And so it, it almost creates more of a sense of connection among people, um, kind of like fantasy football does. You know, I, I think it 
you can be on a fan in a fantasy football league and um be different you know obviously you might not all be fans of the same team but you are now kind of in that league together but you're also competing against each other so i, I do think it generates a sense of connection and you have you know opposing players on your team sometimes you root against your own team for the same right. reason like you said right. taylor yeah i uh i have to ask did anybody have a, a prop bet in the nfc title game for uh how many quarterbacks the 49ers would go through oh man um i don't think so no um because if, <laughs> if if we did i don't think anybody would have guessed that um both quarterbacks would go down and then the injured one would come back in and and try to finish the game with a ruptured UCL, UCL, excuse me. Right. Um, I mean, couldn't throw more than five yards. Right. I mean, they're just throwing the little screens and stuff. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, as I look back at it, I think it, uh, putting McCaffrey in as a, as a, you know, where, where they call it wildcat and just mm -hmm. direct snapping the ball to him probably would have been better in the long run. But um, this kind of is a good segue to, uh, one thing I came across, which was the mic'd up moments from the 49ers. And it, it, it's a, it's a clip that, that I'll put in here, but it, it, they go from kind of the beginning of the game when everybody's hyped up to when Purdy goes down and just hearing what the players are saying to each other on the sidelines. And then Josh Johnson goes down and then hearing how players are reacting to that. And then Purdy going back in and hearing how, per how, the players are reacting to that. And in particular, Kittle, the, the tight end, he's just like a, a ball of, of positivity and energy and, um, you know, trying to continue to build people up, going up to people saying, chin up, chin up, you know, we only need this many yards. We just need one first down. And, and it was like, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking like, this is, this is the worst case scenario. This is crisis mode um, on a sideline, uh, you know, during a football game. And we talk a lot about um, kind of the idea of in certain situations, you know, no matter how positive you're being, the reality of the situation is it really sucks. It's really hard. And, and so I'm, I'm kind of wondering your, your take on, positivity in really dire situations in sports. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to comment on this one as, as objective for, for the reasons that I said before, because not that I would ever take pleasure in anyone getting hurt. And I was actually looking forward to what I thought would be a very even game and it didn't materialize that way. And I really felt for the 49ers. Um, I mentioned before we started recording some of some of the comments and things that have come out after the fact and not the greatest sportsmanship on their part has uh, has made me a little bit less empathic than I was during the game. Um, but but I think it is an ex excellent question of like, how do you just keep moving forward when the worst is happening? And, and you know, we, we use that term all the time in, in sports psychology, mental toughness, right, or resilience in, in a situation like that. And um, I guess I'd be curious, Tim, as someone who had no rooting interest, probably didn't even know it was happening, probably wasn't watching it live. Like, you know, imagining a team that has this whole season, they had what, Taylor, a, a 10 game win streak, a 12 game win streak. I, I can't remember. They hadn't lost since October um, coming in and they had this phenom rookie quarterback who um, was playing amazing. And on the first drive of the game, he got hit and he ruptured a, a ligament in his arm. 
and couldn't couldn't throw anymore. And then their backup quarterback, who was actually their fourth string quarterback, came in because they lost their first two quarterbacks earlier in the season and got a concussion. Um, and so they were either down to putting a different skill position player at quarterback or putting their first quarterback back in um, who couldn't throw the ball because he had a ruptured UCL. Um, and so that was what they were playing with. Now they still had the number one defense in the NFL. So it wasn't like they were without means, but their offense really was, was quite, quite limited. So yeah. curious what, what your reactions are. <laughs> so many reactions. Well, maybe in part, this is like the benefit of my lack of attachment to football, but it's like, God, why do we keep, why do people keep playing this game? Like why, like, like it's so violent. It's so dangerous. It's like, you're like, Oh, look at all of these people who are just like a bit incapacitated. Like, and like we're just like watching it for entertainment. So like there's that, which is like maybe a whole different podcast. Um, but like, oh, you know, I, I guess tying it to what Taylor was bringing in about this idea of like positivity. I know that's such a challenge. And I think a lot of athletes, certainly athletes that I work with, like seem to want that. It's like, how do we stay positive when things get rough? You know, and for some people and in some situations that can, in fact, be a really I think helpful strategy. Hope is a powerful feeling. Um, but yeah, it's like, I think it's a, a um, I think it's a mistake to think that it's the positivity that's required. I mean, that starts to veer into this whole idea of like toxic positivity, right? Because sometimes things just hurt. Like the situation is just bad. You know, your phenom QB ruptures a ligament like that is, you know, it, given the parameters of a game, that's a bad thing, <laughs> you know? And so can you say like, like we got to stay happy about this? Like, no, of course not. Right. But I think, and this is like, it goes back to that great, you know, Ken Revisa quote, you know, do you need to be happy to hit a ball? Like there, like we don't have to be positive in order to perform the task. And when you really think about any underdog story, right? Like, like the only way the underdog ends up winning, the only way you come from behind if you say focus on your task, you know, you keep playing as hard as you can play at that moment. And all you're doing is just like focusing on the things you control. And then the way that the underdog wins most of the time, right. Is if the winning team then starts making mistakes, you know, or they get complacent or whatever. And it's not about some sort of like, I think some like magical extra tank of motivation or strength or energy that allows the underdogs to come up on top. It is simply just like, focusing on the task at hand and you don't need to be happy to do that i also oh sorry sorry taylor sorry i I was wondering if you if you make a distinction between positivity and optimism in 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 a in a hard situation um because i think having revisited the clip a few times of uh, i think there was a there was a mixture of positivity, optimism, and neutral statements about what they had to do, which I would call like a more mindful self-talk. We just got seven yards. We just got to go seven yards. Let's do this. Versus optimism. um, We can do this. We can do this, right? Like game's not over. We can do this versus positivity 
it's everything's not that okay. Bad. Yeah. It's not that bad. Keep your head up. It's not that bad. We got this. We got this in our sleep. Hmm. I'm not so sure it's in your sleep right now. You only have a quarterback. So there's, I, I feel like there's this. So I make a distinction between positivity and optimism. I'm wondering if you guys do as well. Yeah. I mean, I think the way you just explained that was pretty good. I think I, I would almost wonder, I guess if I was working with somebody, if I was on the sideline trying to help them, maybe I would, I would veer into another O word next, like sort of akin to optimism or a cousin to optimism, like openness. Like, let's just keep doing it. Let's just see what happens. Just keep playing. Just keep playing. Right. Like, so uh, optimistic, I guess, to me has like a positive tinge to it. Like, okay, we can still win. We can still win, which is future oriented, outcome oriented. And I think if we're going to take a mindful point of view on this, it might just be like, okay, yeah, this, this has happened. You know, we're, 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 we're severely limited right now, but we have no idea what's going to happen next. And, and as Tim was saying, like, we still have one job to do. Let's just go out and execute and see what happens. Stay open to the possibilities, which I guess someone could conceive that as optimistic, just not well, forcing positivity on it. Yeah. It strikes me that like so much of this is like, comes down to semantics and really how any individual might be kind of couching or defining these terms. Cause yeah, I had the same feeling about optimism. Like it feels future oriented, right? It feels related to this idea of hope. And I think this idea of openness is like, isn't, is a nice kind of more present moment, like parallel to that idea of optimism. Positivity doesn't have that same kind of future oriented, I think connotation to it. And I think it could look like Taylor, like what you were saying, it's like, it's fine. We're, we're fine. Keep your chin up, you know? But I think positivity in the moment could also look like um, self-confidence that like, I know I have the ability to do hard things, you know, that like, which is less about like, I know I can win this game, but I just like, I know that I can keep showing up even when it's hard. Like that's a form of positivity, a kind of mindful positivity that's like rooted here in the present moment about stuff that we have influence or some degree of control over um it reminds yeah. me a little bit of of when we had john baker on the podcast uh at the time he was with the cubs he's now with the pirates but he was talking about how they define mental toughness is paying attention to the right thing at the right time no matter what's happening right and and i think there's so much there's optimism in that there's confidence in that but it's it's very rooted in the present moment that's immediately where my mind went when you said that tim it's it is i think there's a temporal quality to this are we talking about trying to guarantee or predict an outcome? Or are we talking about just be with what's happening now, whatever that happens to be? Yeah, yeah that seems like a really good distinction. Like you can, what I'm hearing is you can still be positive as long as you're still present oriented in a way. Like, yeah. Is that, is that, a, is that like, well, well, I mean, you know, it, it just strikes me. You, it's interesting that we're taking like a mindful take on positivity, positive, positive as a judgment, right? Like, so like, are we, what are we, what are we really talking about? <laughs> Can you embrace a mindful judgment? Is that what we're saying? Is like, which I'll say, I think is true. I think we can, right? Like, I think I, I talk about this a lot when I'm working with people, uh, either my clients in my private practice or with the teams that I work with. I'm like, as soon as we recognize like, Ooh, striving, like striving, causes me a lot of suffering like oh attachment like attachment caused me a lot of suffering it's not as if we see that and flip a switch and suddenly turn it all off you know it's like oh no i'm still a human being i'm still gonna strive you know i'm still gonna have attachments to things but but i think along our our journey or our evolution or whatever 
we start to be able to make some choices about how those things work. You know, we realize like, oh, I can actually choose, I can be more, more thoughtful, maybe more mindful about the things I choose to strive for, right? About the, about the things or people I choose to attach to, accepting the fact that I know I'm going to have the striving energy. I'm going to have these attachments. Um, and so I, I think we can mindfully embrace a particular judgment or a particular mindset, even if it's a positive, like say positive, but I was just, it just struck me. I was like, Oh, wait a second. We're like, that is a judgment. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so much like in this conversation, I think so much about time, like, what are we talking about? And, and I think it is a little bit like semantics. Are we talking about even positive, is that, is that more of like openness or is that sort of forcing toxic positivity? I mean, there's, there, it feels like there's a continuum there. And what are we, what are we really talking about? You know, cause one definition may not be a judgment. One definition clearly is a judgment. Um, I also would think some of it, the, the time relation, I won't go off on too much of a tangent here. Cause I know we're keeping this short, but like on the front end, if we would have said to the 49ers or the 49ers fan base, Hey, this is what's going to happen in the game. What's your reaction? Go. Right. I mean, that now we're talking about anxiety. We're talking about terror. Right. Imagining these what if situations and how in the moment when this terrible stuff actually happens, you saw a lot of resilience on the field. They fought like crazy. And, and a lot of the sound bites that I heard from the Eagles afterward, just taking their hats off to the 49ers like, man, they just kept fighting. And that was still the number one defense out there. And unbelievable that they they battled the way they did even though they face the adversity, right? Like when we're actually in the moment, human resilience is pretty incredible. But a lot of the, the timing stuff, the anticipation of it, if we knew that was coming, that might be a very different beast. Mm. One thing that, that you said, Tim, when you were talking was the word hope. And mm. so down right, right here, I wrote hope slash belief. And then I know this is a conversation you and I have had in the past. It's like when, when you're in a... When you're in a situation like that, you know, Tim, if you were down, you know, I'm going to go into rowing speak here, but if you were down like a length open water, which is like a pretty dire situation in a rowing race, what is going to keep, what is in that moment, what motivates you to sprint with 500 meters left, knowing that you're, you're probably not going to win that that race and so like you know relating that to the 49ers what keeps them in that last quarter when they're down two touchdowns or whatever it was knowing that yeah they're they're probably not going to do it like is there an element of having a belief that you can still win as a motivating factor like if somebody has kind of given up because they know they're so far away that they can't win, then they don't really have that belief. So like where does self-belief and belief in your team fit into a, you know, a mindful approach or a mindful take um, without projecting yourself too far into the future? Yeah. Well, and so I think part of it is, part of what trips people up is that projection out into the future, right? Like I would say that a, a, a really like a, a mindful athlete in the sense of like how I view mindfulness, right? Like, and like this, this kind of really non-striving, like non-attached attitude, you wouldn't need to stay open to the possibility that you could win because the reason you were doing it would have nothing to do with winning and losing. 
right? It would, it, it would be totally detached from the outcome. Now, the reality for most athletes is that they can't totally detach from those results. And so this is like that, that middle ground of like, can we, can we be mindful about the ways that we do some of the things that we know can cause harm? Can we be mindful about the judgments we choose to hold on to? Can we be mindful about the things we choose to attach to? Right. Um, and so, yes, I think in that kind of like middle ground space, when someone is like starting to embrace and integrate mindfulness into their life, it is really important to hold on to that idea of like, you know, I, I project out, I predict all of these various possibilities. And then I kind of choose one and then react as if that's going to come true. Right. That like, I'm too far behind. There's no way I could win. Well, even if that's 99% true, you know, like there's always that 1% chance, you know, like that boat ahead of me could catch a crab, you know, like like a, uh, a bird could fly out of the sky and smash their coxswain in the face and they could like run off into the, into the stream. Actually, I was racing the, the opposite. Um, I was racing in a pair once uh, over in England um, and my friend and I had never raced in a pair before. Like we should have had some more practice. Um, uh, we spent the first uh, thousand meters like way, way ahead. And then in the third 500 uh, road into the shore. <laughs> and so this boat that was way way behind us they took home that medal they took home that trophy you know you never know what could happen so yeah i do think there's you say hey i'm gonna create all these fantasy futures like why don't i just pick the one that helps me the most in this moment i think that's a pretty reasonable choice if you can make it and so yeah staying connected to the idea of anything could happen if i just keep pulling if i sprint now maybe we, maybe we can still win you know but i think like deeper than that like the idea of the totally detached athlete who's like, or like who's unattached to the idea of, of winning and losing, right? Like they're pushing hard because it feels good, you know, not like literally cause I've been in that position and it feels terrible, but like, like that I know I can do hard things that I know I follow through, right. That, that like I do this sport because I, because I love it. Like maybe there's even a compassion flavor of like, I will sleep better if I know that I didn't give up. Like I, whatever it is, but like it's, it really is about our experience unrelated to that boat that might be in front of us or might be behind us. Like that is really where I think mindfulness brings us. But I think we need to be really creative along the way while we're letting go of striving and attachment. Well, and I think what you're saying, number one, we saw some incredible, to bring it back to football for a second, we saw some incredible comebacks that had no business happening toward the end of the NFL season for in, in, in similar kinds of ways. Um, I mean, the Yogi Berra quote, right? It ain't over till it's over, right? I mean, it's it's just, it's the reality of things. Um, and, and we talk a lot about limits in MSPE, like how we can impose limits on ourselves. And and this, I think what you're talking about, Tim, what comes up for me is, is the relationship between mindfulness and intrinsic motivation, right? This is where intrinsic motivation is so protective right? That if you're out there for mastery, if you're out there for pride, if you're out there like, hey, I'm going to keep fighting because this is what I do. It's not about the win or the loss necessarily. Yes, that affects me. Yes, I care what, what happens, but I'm going to keep fighting because damn it, that's who I am. Like, let's just see what happens. Like, like you said, random stuff happens all the time, right? I mean, one of the hardest things to do in golf, right, is play with a lead for this. Re I mean, you know, it's, it's, there, there are actually some advantages, to, to being able to come behind when that pressure gets lifted, if you can just then go and execute. And you yeah. see comebacks from that all the time. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I feel like I've been on both sides of it, but like just the emotional experience of getting past versus passing like, Oh, you know? Yeah. So I know, I know we're keeping this short and I know there were other things we were hoping to talk about, but this was great just to kind of riff on this stuff a little bit. And um, I know we barely talked about the Super Bowl itself, probably because it's in the future, right? We, we talked about you know, things that came up in the here and now, but um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Taylor uh, will be happy at the, at the end of this, but I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Everyone asks me, are you looking forward to the Super Bowl? And I, I have such mixed reactions when it's my team. It's like, it is so loaded, but I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but I right, really observe those attachments, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. I, yeah, man, more stuff just keeps coming to, to talk about, but um, thanks for jumping on and um, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. yeah thanks. Thanks everyone who listened.